Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Long Form Conversations, the podcast where we talk about long form improv. Today, my guest is a very talented improviser, coach, teacher, and writer. But not right now, because we're striking. Uh, <laughs> please say hello to Anna Betzaller. Hi. Hi, how's it going? Good, good, good. Thanks so much for uh, coming by my neck of the woods. Yeah, of course. What nice. part of uh, LA are you in? Silver Lake. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah. not too far. No, not at all. It's like 15 minutes. How long have you been in LA? Um, five years. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I, on and off. I'm originally from Orange County. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I moved up here in like 2013, did it for a little while, moved back. And then I moved back again. I started like doing UCB like on the weekends and I was like, I can't just, uh, commute. I have to do this full time. So I moved back around 2019. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I don't think I got a chance to tell you. I may have like sent you a, a DM about it, but congrats on uh, making Harold. Oh, thank you. Uh, I don't want to like make this like a super like complimentary thing, but like I will say of all the people uh, that was like, oh, like who's going to make it? I don't know, blah, blah. You are always someone that I thought like, oh, for sure. If <laughs> if Anna doesn't make it, like, you know, forget the whole, the whole system's rigged, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Because you've been that. you've been killing it. Uh, at least from what I've seen, you've been killing it at such like a, a high level for for so long. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's very nice of you to say. Um, and congrats on Lloyd. Oh, thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. We're we're out here. We're out here. We're doing the darn <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, how is how has it been everything you thought it would be? Um, I mean, yeah, it's like only a couple weeks in, uh, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been really fun, like, getting really into the form, like, the Herald form. Been doing, like, a ton of organic improv, so it's, like, it's nice to kind of, like, be doing something a little different. Um, and, yeah, like, my team, I don't know, we're still, like, on the, figuring figuring out our, our vibe and stuff, but it's good. So you mean you've been doing a lot of organic like outside and then now you're switching into premise yeah like i mean i just mean like not with ucb i've been doing a lot of organic improv like i think because of like i don't know i feel like once the pandemic happened it was like organic became like more uh popular i don't know i think without ucb being around it was like why would you be doing <laughs> like living rooms and pulling premise uh and so yeah yeah totally i think the indie scene is like all like organic all yeah. montage it doesn't it's just like how can you do anything else in 15 minutes you know yeah 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 so i the i coach a team pop sensation follow them on instagram um and they do documentary opening and then they do scenes off that and they do it in the indie like in indie shows mm -hmm. and they so they do it in like a 15 minute slot at you know like a clubhouse show and i it like fucking crushes i i actually like think i think that there's like more space for premise in indie improv than we see um but i think that the like the go-to is like the living room 
opening mm-hmm. and i think that one is doesn't work as much in indie spaces no i i think uh documentary works really well i i like the documentary because it's, it's high energy and it's quick you could do you know four pairs in like uh 90 seconds yeah. you know so that way it's like oh we got four great premises that's enough to fill 15 minutes let's get out of there yeah. but living rooms like like especially if you have catch momentum it's like oh it's it's like three and a half minutes you guys are still talking about what, what does your Lloyd team do? Uh, we've, we started off doing the living room. I think everyone does because it's yeah. like the most normal. We sw- we're switching into this uh, thing called the, it's like the uh, uh, rant hotspot. It's kind of interesting. It's new where we all rant, but then it's like hotspot where we take over and we like amplify, we heighten whatever their oh, original the, rant the is. Oh, the rant of the person on your team, like you take over their rant? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And like, you know, I think uh, another, you know, ranch, just like a documentary where you start off in a really high energy place and you're going to get point of view because it's all just like really like strong uh, yeah. uh, takes. So I, I, I like that. Yeah. My Herald team just started doing, uh, yeah, the documentary opening. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm so into it. Yeah. And uh, uh, your team, uh, a lot of big uh, uh, like performers. So I think that works out great. Yeah, definitely. There's, um, yeah, like actor types and stuff. So that's helpful for that. Yeah. Pirates. I have no idea what I would be. Uh, yeah, I think you might be a ninja because I think you do uh, uh, a lot of what the scene needs. I've seen you voice the reason very well. I've seen you, you know, where it's like a really like grounded scene. You're like, let's kick it up. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I hope so. That's what I'm always. Yeah. I'm trying to think about, uh, yeah, like the big picture of how the show is going and where the scene's at and what it needs. But I think probably in my heart, I'm more robot. I don't know, actually. And I think it's different on different teams. Like I always tell. Yeah, that's true. I do, uh, you know, I do two prov with uh, Russell. And mm-hmm. then like, I was like, man, it's great. It's we- uh, it's interesting having two, two robots on a team. And he's like, I'm not a robot. Wait, you think I'm a robot? I'm a pirate and I was like oh I didn't mean to but when we play together he's definitely you know a bit more like logical a bit more um and then same thing like uh, uh depends on who I'm with but like with him because I trust him being like a really solid uh like player I will take bigger swings and I will say wilder things I know he'll like you're gonna help me justify this yeah 100 percent. I feel like also like once you're doing two profits like there's nothing to hide behind like you're you have to be able to do both um and like trust the person so completely that like yeah if you're not like usually a pirate i guess you would be if you're only doing if you're doing two prop you only have one other person like you should definitely be able to pirate yeah unless you're like uh what was that um that comedy duo from like the like vaudeville days there was a movie with john c Riley and um oh my gosh I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to know it. Okay, for sure. I'm not like uh, uh, good at like, I'm not like very like comedy intellectual, I feel. Well, like me neither. It's just because it was a movie and I saw it, but that was the whole thing was like, it's like, it was like a, whatever, like a bio pic about like these two like old vaudevillian, Mm. they might've even been fake. They may've been um, fictional, but the idea was that like John C. Riley's always the unusual person and this other guy was always the um, voice of reason and they split up but then it was like hey you know like vaudeville is not in its heyday anymore it's really hard to sell tickets like mm. they're doing pictures now and stuff like that so it was like let's do one last like 
tour so we can make like this one last cash grab and how they kind of resent each other but then like they start to like realize like oh buddy i missed i missed setting the jokes up for you and then like because no one else can sell it like you and oh so is the moral of the story like stay in your lane <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i mean i think honestly the the, the moral of the story because it, it was very like uh spade and farley it was like uh uh john c riley was like the big boisterous guy and it's like yeah. i think he was like either eating or drinking himself to death oh you know yeah so it was like it was very like like uh black swan the wrestler was like let's go out one big laugh i'm gonna like give myself one more concussion and this might be it you know? yeah 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 oh that's cool yeah but um anyways uh, uh speaking of like that and comedy duels and dynamics uh, uh i know you have that two prof show with isabella yeah 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 and then you guys had like a really huge show a couple of weeks ago right yeah we had a show with um Ben Rogers, uh, Dominic Dirks, and uh, John Gabris. That was yeah, yeah. It was really fun. And uh, um, unfortunately, I couldn't make it because Glass Clown had a show yeah. lit at the same time. But didn't uh, I heard some people say that uh, like those are some of your like like idols or some people that you really like? Yeah. So like we're starting our show is like we do two. We've been doing a two prop show, but now we're like launching a new thing where it's like uh comedy idols night so we ask people that like we've looked up to or thought were like really cool fun improvisers to watch and uh like kind of put our necks out and be vulnerable and be like will you do our like clubhouse show for free um and that way that that's just like our way of asking people that we think i don't know wouldn't usually maybe want to do that kind of show because it's a little like uh rough sure yeah yeah <laughs> for those of you that don't know clubhouse is a like uh indie black box theater where a lot of a lot of like people come up and really get they really cut their teeth and i think they really like build up but i think um if there's anybody who's like acting or has like a regular slot it's usually something that they don't really want to do anymore you know? yeah i mean i yeah i feel like it's like i feel like it's like yeah it would be like going back to like it's like doing stand-up like you wouldn't want to go back to like open mics if you're obviously booking i think sometimes the shows can feel like that a little bit but we're trying to like amp it up and make it like i don't know i don't know, like a thing yeah and i mean i i think people may have different relationships with it but i still think that some of the best comedy some of the best improv you'll see in los angeles will be at the clubhouse you know yeah i agree um, but that's great that you're able to like, we both run a show there, so we gotta be into it. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta true. believe it's good. Yeah. We uh, both run a show. So it's like, yeah, no, this is, this is still the cutting edge. Actually. Yeah. This is the coolest place you could watch improv. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's a really great idea to like get, uh, like bigger folks or just people that like, you mentioned that you looked up to. Yeah. Um, cause it's also like when you ask someone in that way, like where it's like, like art, we have like a copy that we send that's like hey like you know we really like you we're like total nerds about improv and like it would mean so much to like basically be able to open for you uh mm -hmm. like would you be down and i think that that's like i don't know it's it's a like it's truthful but it's also like a nice way to be like asked to do a show you know what i mean yeah well i mean i think it brings sincerity because i think for everyone else who maybe like is like oh hey i got a show you want to come do it or not it's yeah like, like instead to be like hey like i know like this might be a little bit beneath you but i look up to you so much and it would mean a lot to me personally 
uh, as a fan of yours for, to do this. Like not everybody puts that much into it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I heard it was packed, right? Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. We filled it out, which is nice. Amazing. So, uh, did you do like 15 gave them Did they? How long was their set? Um, yeah, we did like, uh, 16, 17 and gave mm -hmm. them like 35. Oh, wow. We were like, we wanted it to be like an hour flat and then, you know, like a full set, like a full set of theirs. And then we were like, whatever's left over, we'll do. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I think we ended up going, yeah, just under 20 minutes. Awesome. Um, yeah. How are you going to top that for next month? I don't know. I mean, see, because it's such a vulnerable thing. It's so like hard to like because if people don't want to do it it's you know it, yeah it's heartbreaking exactly so it's like there's people that i like i'm obsessed with like mary holland and lauren lapkus and like i have like like you know honestly like all of wild horses and like you know there's just these like and betsy sadara like there's so many people that i would like fucking love to ask but we're like should we shoot our shot feels it's like it's hard to decide when to do it yeah which i think goes to why not everybody does it you know because yeah. if everybody if, if this was like the shortcut way to getting people to you know come to, your, to to do your show everyone would do it yeah but i think for everybody it's like no this is it's like yeah. saying like oh yeah just tell every everybody at school you have a crush on them right like no that's hard. yeah 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 well you know we dm'd paul Shear, so <laughs> We'll Dude. see if he ever opens it and then maybe he'll listen to this podcast and then do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Paul, I know you're a big fan of mine. I'm a big fan of yours. That's yeah. actually would have been, that would be my idol. Was like, really? I would do posture, Jason Manzukis. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe like whoever else, whoever else they want, but just, just the two of them to see them play together would be amazing. Yeah. That, yeah. that was like, yeah, those are like two big names that we would like fucking kill for. Yeah. Obviously, if you get them, I'll cancel. I'll cancel our show just to come to your show. <laughs> yeah, we can use the downstairs space. Oh, yeah, that's an even better idea. Uh, well, good catching up, but uh, let's go ahead and dive into our first topic, which is going to be improvster syndrome. Uh, so this is the opportunity for you to talk about your uh, income. Uh, income. Your, <laughs> talk about your Here's income. my income. Yo, how much Nothing. you make? I see that gold chain. Uh, uh, talk yeah. about your um, improv origin story since um uh we've been talking like a lot of people that inspire us this is really great but i want to yeah. hear about how you got into improv and then how that slowly like got you to where you are now yeah i i like started um i was not like uh i i, I started improv in my opinion like later i guess because i never did any theater in high school or college were and, you funny though yeah i was like uh like i i feel like i was like often introduced as like this is anna she's our funny friend you know what i mean mm. so like i knew i was funny and i'm not gonna i'm not being that funny on this podcast so people might be confused but it's not <laughs> a funny okay. podcast no. <laughs> um i edit all the funny stuff out. this is a real serious <laughs> interview yeah the last thing i want is to is for someone to laugh while i talk about improv yeah. it's the most serious thing there could possibly be but no i i didn't do any um like theater stuff i hadn't done improv or any of that but i started listening to and this is like kind of corny but i started listening to improv for humans the Matt Busters podcast. Uh, 
And I was just like fucking taken with it. I was like, this shit's cool. How'd you get introduced to that? I don't even know. I think I was just like recommended on on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the algorithm like fucking <laughs> yeah. found me. Um, I I think that they. I wish I like knew exactly, but I think it's something like there was like some guest on it who was like maybe like someone I knew. Maybe it was like um, you know, like like someone for Broad City or something. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I listened to it and I was just like, oh my God, what the hell are these people doing? This is so cool. And then I came and, and when I visited LA, I went to an ASCAT show and um, I was just like, I couldn't believe that this was like a thing. Um, so at the time you were already interested in comedy or you were just? I was like, I've always been like, interested like obsessed with like st watching stand-up mm -hmm. and um comedy shows and like parks and rec was like my favorite show and i was like in that but i just didn't know what improv was i guess so i was like in it but i wasn't like doing it if that makes sense i wasn't writing and i wasn't doing stand-up or anything i was just working um a marketing job in san francisco and i was just listening to this podcast i really liked and then I came down here and I went to a show and I was like, this is crazy. Um, but I also have like, I'm, I'm pretty anxious. Like I'm a pretty anxious person. And so I was like half like, this is so crazy. And I was half like, how do I get out of this theater if there's a fire? Oh, and so wow. I was like really torn. Was this at Franklin? Uh, yeah. Oh, real fire hazard that theater. Yeah, and I was like, because I'm like, I get really anxious in like theater, like small spaces. Like, I think I'm like a little claustrophobic or something. But I remember being like so engrossed in the improv that was happening that like that anxiety that would usually be like the main thing I was thinking about, like would fall back for like three or four minutes while I watched like Mary Holland or whoever just like fucking do this like genius ass hilarious shit. And then obviously the anxiety would seep back through um, because um, I'm broken. No, but because, you know, I'm just like anxious. And then I just like left being like, holy shit, the power that has is like amazing to me. Um, and like, I got like totally addicted to it. Yeah. Uh, so you said that you got uh, uh, enamored by this show. What, yeah. what was the next step after that? Um, then I just took like UCB classes and Wait, so you were visiting from San Francisco and then did you take, uh, your first class while you're on the trip or did you decide to move? No, I, I just kept like visiting and watching shows. And then I decided to move here because I think like, I just realized that I wanted to write for like, I wanted to be a TV writer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, I'll move to LA to do that. Like I didn't move to LA for improv, mm -hmm. but then when I was here, I was like going to these shows and I was like, this is amazing. And my childhood friend uh, and I like, we're like, let's just take the 101. We'll do it together. It won't be bad uh, because we'll have each other if it's like weird or whatever. And, um, you know, we had like a lot of fun. Oscar Montoya was my coach, who's like amazing. And um, it was just like so cool. And then at the end of it, she was like, that was really cool. Like, uh, you'd like, you know, done, you know? And I was like, I want to do that a thousand bajillion more times. And just like fucking went off from Do you remember your class, your your uh, grad show? Was it like a- My 101 grad show? Yeah. yeah. You had a good set? 
Um, I didn't have a good, no, but it was, I remember we had brunch before. So I went in like four mimosas deep. Hell yeah. And so I was playing fast and loose. And I remember that I did a scene with my childhood friend and it was a scene that was very similar to a scene we had done in class. And I still, to this day, it haunts me because it feels honestly like improv illegal. You think you got away with murder? I or don't crime? think, I'm just saying like, nobody would ever know this and I don't know why I'm saying it because why would I say this? But it was a little like, I was like, this is sketch. I think that's totally fair <laughs> to like, you know, feel bad about it. And I'm pretty sure there's people that have had similar experiences. So you're, you're making everybody feel good. We didn't about it. mean to do it, but it was like, I was like, this is basically the same game we did in class. Well, I think that's fine. You know, <laughs> there's all these like old reliables, you know, uh, uh, and you know, like people, obviously if it's like a premise, it's like, oh, this is familiar. But when it's like a character, nobody ever calls it out. Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, here's, here's David's, you know, grumpy man's <laughs> character again. It's the same yeah. game. You know, yeah. he's going to be grumpy in this situation. But uh, I don't think people mind. I think people love seeing that. Yeah. I mean, also, it's like the one on one show. It's like, yeah. who gives, like, you know, we have no friends stuff. in the audience and, you know, it's like, who gives a fuck? Um, so, what was like the thing that made you want to do this a million times? Was it like the, the thrill? Like, did you get like, uh, what's it called? Like that adrenaline rush? I think it was like, uh, I think I just hadn't seen like, like it was a perfect mix between like theater and TV or something where it was like, I just just like, was like, I just haven't seen this before where it's like, I guess like pretty raw, but also like, uh, obviously there's a lot of skill involved, but you really see people's like natural, like, like, voices and like funniness in a way that like I think sometimes in stand-up feels dulled because it's like it's so practiced and then I think in tv it's dulled because there's so many other things going on you have you know cinematography and a director and a scene partner and uh you know like all the production of it and the set design and there's just like so much going on and then I think in the improv I was like oh you're really just chiseling down to like what makes this person funny and so like someone with like like uh manzukas or whatever it's like yeah I could just sit here and watch this guy go mm -hmm. um and I don't need anything else. And I think that just like, I was in awe of that. And it was like, I want to find that for myself. Great. Uh, so did you sign up for like two on right away or did you yeah. wait a bit? Yeah. I like blasted through all the classes. Okay. I took cool. an intensive 201. Wow. Yeah. What was that like? I haven't heard too many people take intensives. Oh, really? It was well, cool. I mean, like, I know that they existed and they were definitely a lot more popular back in the day. Uh, but like, was it tougher to, especially for two one? That's the that's the game one, you know. I think it was good because it was like, yeah, you just pack it all in. But it was, um, it was, yeah, like twice a week for like whatever it was, four weeks or something. And did you take to uh, two hundred one or UCB game like a fish to water? Is that good? A fish to water? Yeah, like naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Fishes love water. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I like got it. I didn't like get it. Like I wasn't like, yeah, the, but I was like, okay. I like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Like growing up, I was pretty good at like math and chemistry and like those, like I could like learn science stuff. I wasn't into it, but I could learn it 
pretty quick. So I think it was like, once they had a formula, I was like, all right, like I can, I can work with that. It's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Like a lot of people that end up being not better, but like they get, uh, they can like, uh, 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 convert or adapt to game better. I've noticed are like the, like the left brain people, the, the the math science the stem people obviously yeah. everybody gets it eventually but i just think that they take to it better than yeah um, but uh 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 that's great that you felt good because i know that that's usually where a lot of people like struggle and that's kind of like like mm, take a break yeah i know i was like that was the big that was the big narrative around it was like yeah two at once sucks it's so heady and i was like well i'm kind of having a good time here <laughs> <laughs> And like you mentioned, you also like, uh, like watched, did you watch, did you, I know you said Parson Rec, but did you say you also watched, uh, like any sketch? Mm, no, I wasn't, I'm not like a huge, I wasn't a huge sketch person. I mean, I watched like, you know, SNL and stuff, yeah. but I wasn't, oh, you know what, actually, I think I, I think I actually did watch sketch now that I think about it. Cause I watched a lot of Sarah Silverman program, mm -hmm. which wasn't sketch, but like, had sketch elements and I watched a lot of uh Inside Amy Schumer. Those were like my yeah. yeah. I love Inside Amy Schumer Schumer. And like did you watch the new one? I did. I think well the thing I like about sketch, I could talk about sketch like for a whole episode. I love sketch. Uh that's what I want to do. Uh and um sketch has gone through so many changes since then. And like right now I think like what um what they're doing on I think you should leave yeah. is gonna leave an, a big imprint. And I think that everyone's gonna want to do it that where it's you don't really spend too much time in the base reality you just kind of hit it and you just like yeah flutter fly to the sun that i mean i think you should leave made me fall in love with sketch again like mm -hmm. i feel like i got kind of sick of it at some point and then when i was doing so much improv i was like i was i would go to sketch shows and i would be like i just wish this was improv in a way um uh and yeah since that show i'm like mm back and in, back into it yeah and that's why after your show you're like ew i just did sketch accidentally <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh okay so you got through you got through the classes pretty well which is great um so yeah improv 401 you know you get that little certificate you graduate yeah. to advanced study uh what's 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 next for you well, I think like once I was in 301, 401, I was taking a lot of we improv classes. You're doing those concurrently? Yeah. Okay. Um, and how'd you hear about that? I don't even know. I think I took a, I think I had a practice group where there was like one person who was taking those classes. Um, and the thing that was like so cool about taking we classes while doing the UCB classes was like, we is so you, you do so many shows. Mm -hmm um and i was just like getting reps that like nobody it didn't feel like was like happening uh in places at ucb at the time which is makes sense like ucb like i think they expect you to be doing you know indie improv uh, on the side if you want to be like getting those kind of performance reps in and um but i i just uh like kind of fell in love with the we like the way um you know, Jake Jabor like started it and runs it. And like, I, he's very uh, like, yeah, performance based, very like, don't judge yourself, trust your instincts. Uh, and I think I like kind of needed that at that time to like feel confident to like go out there and do, do shows knowing I wasn't gonna be 
like successful like at it like at the beginning or whatever which also like who really knows how you define that but like at least i was insecure walking onto stage and i needed that like uh push that confidence uh to do more so once i finished like ucb i just kind of did a lot of indie improv and then the pandemic happened so uh, okay, so we uh, sorry, so we uh, uh, pandemic happened. Boom. Uh, um, did you do a lot of Zoom improv? Yeah, I did a fuck ton of Zoom improv. And how do you feel that affected you? Um, I liked it. Like, I just like I felt like I'd found my people in improv like right before the pandemic, so I was so like scared to lose that like community and stuff so i was just happy to like have any way to still feel connected to people mm-hmm. um and i liked zoom improv because i'm kind of a chatty like improviser like if it's a scene where it's like two people sitting down having a conversation it, it's not like cool to say because it's like goes against every rule of improv but like I'm kind of into that. Like, I kind of like like a talking heads like moment. Uh, so I was like, Zoom was kind of nice for me because I was like, oh, cool, just chat and get dig into the game um, audibly uh, rather than like be super active. Yeah, I think that's that writer's brain of yours, like getting activated because now you get a chance to just focus on writing the scene, not necessarily having to worry about everything else. I love Zoom improv too, and I. I always really resented everything you said. I agree with. I really resented anybody that was just like, "Oh, uh, 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 like I can't do it because it's it's so limiting." And I'm like, if you find this is limiting, like overpower it or like you know make the most of it. You know, that'd be saying like, "Oh, hey, we're on a stage with no chairs. Is that limiting? No, just yeah, do that's a so thing. true. Yeah, um, is a black box theater limiting? Like, yes, that's actually the beauty of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I also feel like, like a lot of people I feel like uh, who are maybe more like uh, veteran improvisers when it happened were like maybe already sick of improv or something and like maybe already had their friends like that they had through improv and they were good enough friends that, you know, like whether they were doing improv or not, it didn't matter. But like for me, I was still like building all that. So I was like, you know, I wasn't sick of improv. I was like happy to keep doing it. And I was happy to like keep up with the people that I like vibed with. Um, so uh, yeah, one last thing I want to ask about on your journey. Uh, and so much of it, it's unfair. Cause like, I, I got a chance to like witness it in person, but obviously <laughs> I just want to say, yeah, like, you know, things reopened, you were doing improv and you're kind of just in the indie grind of booking and producing and doing all that stuff for a while. But uh, to get to where you are here, there was a time all of a sudden where we had to like switch gears back into premise. And I kind of just want to hear about your, how was that jumping back from doing like two years of organic and then jumping back into premise? Um, it was like, I don't know. I feel like it was, it was easier than premise had been before. Cause I had so many, uh, like reps under my belt of like identifying the unusual thing that like when I knew what it was before the scene started, it was just like so much easier. And I was just like, ah, premise is like, you have the work's done for you before you even start the scene. Um, And then obviously there's like a new different work that's cut out like later, uh, because, you know, heightening is so like, I don't know, it's just like a lot. I I think premise heightening is harder than organic heightening. so 
but I think at the start of the scenes, it, it felt like I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm very in tune with identifying and labeling unusual things because I've been doing it in organic scenes where it's like, you really have to like, really tell your scene partner what you're saying and why mm -hmm. it's unusual. So this would have been, uh, not counting Academy, your first actual audition. Yeah. Well, uh, so, uh, how did you approach that? Was there, um, any hesitancy, some confidence? Was it like being, uh, on the tennis courts again? Uh, I think I just, uh, like, because UCB had been on like hiatus kind of, I mean, they were doing online classes and I took some of those online classes, uh, but like, it just didn't hold the like power in my life in a way that I think it did before for a lot of people. So I feel like I went into the auditions like fairly calm because I was like, I don't really know what this is right now. And um, I have indie teams that I love and I have weekly shows and I have a two prov show and I'm like very happy with where my improv is at as far as like how much I get to perform. So I wasn't like, if I don't get this, I'm going to be really sad. Cause I was like, I, that wouldn't be fair to like what I'm doing right now because I value what I'm doing right now just as much as this potential thing. Yeah, that's great. Really healthy attitude. Really, really good uh, advice. Really good to hear your journey and your perspective on things. Oh, good. Um, yeah, incredible. <laughs> and, and thanks for uh, sharing that with us. Sure. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment now. This is going to be our topic of the week. Uh, so uh, Anna, we had messaged before and you mentioned, you mentioned that you want to talk about performances versus practices and this one i really want to dive into because something somebody said something to me i won't say who i won't say when i won't say where but i will say what they said they said um you should play you should practice no what did they say <laughs> basically they said you should do what you do in practice you should do, play how you play and practice how you're going to play on stage because if you're practicing one thing and then you perform a different thing it's going to throw us off do you agree with that statement? Like it's gonna throw us off like the teammates? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do agree with that statement. I mean, I don't think you can control that much, like how you play in on stage, because like yeah. you're in kind of like you're on a stage with lights on you and you're there's people watching you and you may have like a friend or family in the audience and like I you just can't control it yeah. that much. But um, I do think it's quite shocking when you go out on stage and someone that you've been practicing with like throws you a fucking curve. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Yeah. I think you might be a good person to have perspective on this. So what had going on, well, the reason why that was brought up is because uh, during practice, uh, uh, I tend to not initiate. I tend to receive. I think that uh, depending on, you know, the team and depending on what we're working on, sometimes it's like, you know what? I want to be able to like, lose not necessarily lose control but like i think when you receive like when you initiate you can at least control some things you control control who what or where right yeah. in, in your initiation but when you're receiving you're like i don't know if they're gonna give me all three one of the three two or three i don't know if i have to fill in with the blanks you know so that's why i like to receive it keeps me on my toes but when i perform i like to initiate because it's like oh uh, uh um you know I, I like to be on my toes and practice so i'm ready but the, the reason why i do that is because when i come on stage 
I want to feel ready to do the scenes I want to do and, and, and do the way I like to dictate them. Interesting. You think there's uh, maybe some disparity there? Um, I mean, I think similarly, I do the opposite and practice I'll initiate more and in, in shows I'll receive more uh, because like for exactly the opposite reason, it's like, uh, I don't like having too much responsibility in shows mm -hmm. to like dictate stuff. Uh, I'd rather like work with someone else's idea. Um, but like, is the, like, do you, are you wondering, are you like, what's the, what, what are you curious about? With I it? guess like the, the, yeah, the thing I want to discuss, I guess, is like, you know, even the topic it's, it's uh, performances versus practice. Should there be differences? Should there, is this really like, no, this is just one topic, but the way you play is the way you play. This is a Venn diagram. That's like a circle or is it like truly two separate circles, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely Venn diagram. And mm -hmm. I think also it's like the thing that you're really, in my mind that I'm really building with my team when we're practicing is trust more than like anything, more than anything like technical. Um, and so I think like if that's carried over, it doesn't matter kind of what you do on stage. Cause like you have each other's backs and mm -hmm. like you figure it out as you go. Um, and I also do really like being surprised by teammates. So yeah. like if I've practiced with someone and then they fucking really threw me on stage, I think I'd be kind of delighted by that. Cause I feel like what the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. To me, that's the, that's like the true spirit, like the essence of improv yeah. is something that you did not plan for come up. You know, it's kind of like when you and your friend did that grad show and they like did a scene before, like, I don't really want to see, and that's me. And I know, I shouldn't be like projecting the same idea to my teammates, you know, but to me, it's like, I, I don't want to see a, something familiar. Like, I don't want to, mm. I don't want to like know your bag of tricks. Cause then when I get on stage, the, the genuine like surprise and the joy and be able to play with it won't be there. Cause like, Oh, you're going to do that. Then I'll do that. Like, you know, yeah, I, I, I definitely I want it to seem as unrehearsed as possible, which is why I also like to break on stage. Cause it's like, this is, that fucked you up. That fucked me up too. Cause it's really funny. Yeah. I kind of, I think it's interesting. Like thinking about breaking on stage, like, I, cause I like to break on stage too, as like a way to signal almost to like the audience and to the team members. It's like, that's the thing that I think is funny. Yeah. I've been really wondering recently if like, I should be like toning that back. Um, cause it is a very like, but I, but I break in practice too. So yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe it makes that's sense. like another example, you know, like yeah. because I know people are always like they're loose in practice, always like not breaking. But then yeah. when you get on the, to the stage, some people are just like stone faced. You're like, yeah, you're not enjoying this. And they're like, no, it's a stage. Like, so I, I, I think that it's just so. Um, so let's 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 start here. Let's start uh, with this. I think you and I come from a very lucky background, having done we. But like for most people the ratio of practices to performance is like low, you know, yeah. most people are probably practicing uh, well, for sure, like at least once a week, but like maybe they're practicing on two different teams, but they're only performing like, you know, I mean, once a month. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, do you think, what do you think is like a, a good thing to focus on when you're practicing versus, 
I think a perform. Let's start there then. Sorry, I'm like, well, okay. I'm in it. Let's. I think performance is obviously the only thing you're owe you owe to anybody is the audience. A good show. Yeah. You're not trying to work on like I, I when they're the whenever like the the coaches are like, hey, for this next show, just think about one thing. Just think about um like remembering a premise or just think about you know yeah a, a, a scene a painting or, and yeah. i'm like no i'm not doing that like if i can great but like my my, uh, my main priority is like entertain everybody in the audience mm-hmm. you know yeah i that's that's exactly how i feel as well i'm like i think like when you're practicing you're just trying to get as many like just reps in so that when you do it you inevitably won't do it the way that you practiced but hopefully it's like a little bit less of like less issues than it would have been if you hadn't practiced if that makes sense yeah yeah i'm I'm glad you brought that up uh uh, and it kind of brings up like a you know sorry to always use sports metaphors i can't think of any other fucking metaphors right (laughs) now but like if you're if you are um a tennis player you know like they're just going to continue to hit like the same thing and you're just going to practice your forehand. Now that guy might throw you a backhand. I could throw you off, but at least if it comes in the way that it's, you know, expected to, you will be able to like deliver that because you practice that same hit every single time. And the same thing goes with like, I, I think when you're in practice, you know, like you're going to practice receiving a million initiations. So as long as they don't, you know, do a really wild out of left field initiation, you're like, Oh, perfect. I know exactly how to yeah. return this serve, you know? I think, yeah, I think the only, the thing that like throws me off when, when uh, the difference between practice and performance is like when in practice, you know, it's, it's all good. And then in performance, you know, sometimes people get nervous. So they like, they don't trust each other as much. And then um, uh, uh, I guess it's like, kind of like throwing like it feels like you can be thrown under the bus in a way that's like not it's like we didn't pra- like we don't practice like that like we don't throw each other under the bus so like why would we do this in front of a bunch of people but it's just nerves i think yeah i think there is something about i mentioned like we mentioned like you want to put on a good show for the audience you want to have a good time so like there's the idea of like sometimes you sell out your scene partner yeah. for a get for a joke you know and you kind of like uh, 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 like you know, you got a little of this guy. Like that'll yeah. ruin the scene. That'll make your scene partner like freeze up. Yeah. Do. But it is gonna get a laugh every single time. Yeah. Versus when you're in practice, like what are you gonna do? Make your coach laugh? Yeah. Get a little of this guy. Anna, get back to your yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there are some moves I didn't. Like, now to hear you say that, yeah, like there are definitely moves that you will, uh, uh maybe attempt or risk on stage uh, during a show that you wouldn't do during practice. Yeah, and I don't think that they're like. Yeah, they're not usually the risks, like, at least I want to be making. Like, if I feel myself do that in a show, it's like, I immediately fucking regret it. Because I'm just like, like, I was like, it's like cheap. It's like Mm -hmm. the easy, quick laugh. And, but it's just sometimes it's like unavoidable in a show. And it's just like, you're panicking. (laughs) And like, I'll admit, like, I've been guilty of that a lot. I did it a lot during the we workshop days because what those workshops since you are not practicing very consistently you just have the the class and like even then sometimes they don't show up for the class Mm -hmm. so sometimes because there's like you mentioned trust like there's no trust between me and you know or if if anything there's like four weeks worth of trust that's the most amount of trust you could have with someone on a workshop team and you're gonna have that show and then 
um, it does sometimes feel like, hey, this is a, a joke. I know we didn't practice this. I know we didn't talk about this, but I know this will make people laugh. Sometimes you'll exploit that, yeah. which I, again, I've been guilty of. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's like, it's natural. Like we're doing everything on the spot. Uh, so it's not going to be always like pretty and the mm -hmm. best representation of like the kind of player you are. Um, but the more you practice not doing that, the hopefully better you are at not doing it in the show. Do you think that uh, um, you you would prefer, like, especially with this coach, the team that you coach personally, like, do you take the 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 performance as like your guide to how to do the next couple of practices, or do you think that the, what what the results of the performances are are they should be separate from like your your plan during practice? I don't know. I'm like very torn on that, and. I think like, since I'm like a newer coach and teacher, it's like, I want to kind of let the team guide me on that, what they want, because I think some teams like identify with their performances a lot and some teams don't like, some teams it's just like, you know, like it's not that important to like what they're doing um in practice so i like to like try and have like a discussion about it and see where they kind of like how much do they value like how much is their like success based on shows and how much of it is based on like almost like not even practices but like team dynamics or like mm -hmm. collaboration or like their overall experience as like an improv team um and i think a lot of the times focusing on that collaboration and like where they're at as like a team over performances helps performances more anyway so it's not it's like it's probably it might be like maybe slightly healthier but uh if it is like performance based it's like i kind of just want to work with that yeah yeah i think it's tough i think um i'm maybe your coach is doing this but for our lloyd team that seems like what it's a lot of it's like it's like based on how that show went that's kind of dictate what we talk about in the next practice. And then, you know, based on the notes, we're going to do it back. And, and, you know, it kind of makes sense because it's so rapid. It's so like consistent, but I think like you mentioned, it, unless it's like that specific situation, I think it is better to like, Hey, we, we're never going to get your performances to look like the practice. So, so let me just get the practices as like you know, perfect or like as clean as possible. And then hopefully someday your performances will look like your practices. Yeah, I think also, especially with like a new team, it's hard to be like, yeah, I'm just like, we need to build like whatever we are with each other before I feel like we can judge what we do mm -hmm. in their performance, if that makes sense. So yeah. I guess like, yeah, I guess I do kind of think of them as sort of separate things. Um, in that sense of like, yeah, I don't think your performances like define yeah. you as a team. Now, as a coach, do you see a lot of your team's uh, performances? Yeah. So yeah, the teams that I coach that do we improv, they I see their performances, and then um, uh, I don't like coach an insane amount of teams. So other teams, it's like I'll try and go if it's if it's possible. Sometimes I'm in the show too. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so like without like naming anything specific though, like have you seen a difference in the way that they play? Mm, what do you like uh, at, at the performance versus like when you're in their living room? 
Um, I mean, of course, like, yeah, I think, you know, nobody is doing a show this exact way that they do it in practice, but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have like, uh, you mean practice sets are more fun or, or more entertaining or what do you think? Um, more laid back. Yeah, I probably prefer like like if I could be a fly on the wall and practice sets uh like for any team, I think that'd probably be more fun to watch than on stage. Like can you imagine being a fly on the wall and like uh like when I'm sure they don't practice now, but like Facebook doing their like practice sets in their living room like hell yeah, that's going to be more interesting cuz they're going to say some shit that's like you know, yeah. foot in the mouth kind of stuff. I was just going to say that. Like, I, I'd never, I, I, I guess I never had the notion, but you're probably right. Like, it would be crazy to see, like, some of my favorite teams, what it would be like to, like, sit on their practice. And because, like, if I love them on the night of the show, their practices might be even, like, better or more entertaining. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Would would you have assumed that the shows would have been more entertaining? I think it really depends. I guess, you know, uh, uh, to be honest, I've never considered what teams are like when they practice. I actually know what my team's like when I practice, but. Do you I think your team's more fun in practice or in a show? I think we're more fun in practice. Yeah. Uh, 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 and that's just speaking because of, um, I know them. I, 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 would, I wouldn't necessarily say that would apply to every improviser, but to hear you uh, and talk about your experience, I'm like, yeah. I guess that is true. Like there is definitely a lot less at stake. We are taking bigger swings. Uh, and then, yeah, when neither show, there's definitely nervous energy. It's definitely people like, Oh, I gotta, you know, step out more often than I normally would in practice or I got to initiate more or yeah. whatever, whatever, you know? Yeah. Or it's like, also it's like, sometimes it's like in practice, like people will kind of showboat in a way that's like fun. And it's like, yeah, like fucking go for it. Right. And like, obviously you don't want them to do that in the show because like that kind of sucks. Like it's your time too. And you've invited people and like, you kind of need to share the space yeah. more, but like those showboaty like moments are like some of the funniest moments. Well, and even the inverse, some of the more shy people only feel comfortable doing that in practice. Yeah. Where you're like, I love it whenever you come out and you do your big character. But then on the night of the show, those like, a room full of people they get nervous and it's like yeah. oh you're not gonna come on do your thing no mm -hmm. okay so yeah you're right so it's, it's it's completely different but i think maybe just also because we see their practice our practice sets more mm -hmm. we prefer them right because we only get so many performances so we're like oh man when it's just all of us and you know and david's living room it's so fun i love this energy i wish I could bring this energy on stage yeah is this where you guys practice we practice here we practice at onza's oh nice this would be a good place to do uh which is another thing i think uh, uh let's talk about practice locations you know like <laughs> uh, uh I'm, I'm guessing most of your have you ever like rented a space or do you always practice in someone's um, living room practice in living rooms and then um uh, i have one team that practice at barnsdale park outside yeah i think i used to park as barnsdale park remind me where that is that's it's the like one right behind the clubhouse on vermont yes i used to practice there too on the the top of the hill yeah 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 which is kind of crazy like uh it's so like it's so nice to like be outside for two hours and um, in the shade yeah but i think i would have a hard time being comfortable doing like big characters and stuff in a park yeah 
it'd be like people were watching i mean how did you feel doing it well i mean there would be straight up like people walking their dogs or walking a stroller right through our scenes yeah but it was definitely it's a different element like uh uh the thing that i think is just so tough about improv is you have to pretend so much and we don't realize we're doing it but like we're either in a black box theater or in a living room or in a park where it's just like yeah we're on a date we're in a restaurant we're in a, <laughs> you know we're on a a, a rocket ship we're on a pirate yeah. ship and it's like no we're not we're in a living room you know so like to have to do all that work can be really tough and being outside i think it forces me to focus more because there's there's mosquitoes there's kids playing there's the sun you know there's cars driving by but i have to be like no we are in a laboratory you mm-hmm. know so that's uh, uh why i liked it but i not in retrospect i realized that for some of the folks that might have been like a sensory yeah over, overstimulating I think it would, I would, that would be hard for me. I'm a very like, like, I'm like looking around and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think a little sensory, like overwhelmed, I think it would be hard for me, but I feel that way. And like, I think it'd be easier to practice at like a park than in a building with like fluorescent lights or something. Like, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I, I think it's, like those kind of stale environments sometimes are also like kind of painful to be in for two hours and not feel like a crazy person. Yeah, I uh, I used to hate those old classrooms. Yeah. For that reason, I think it's just spending so much of our lives in like fluorescent light classrooms, it brought me back to that where like you get like sleepy or you get like bored easily because your brain associates yeah. like white walls and fluorescent lights with like boring spaces you know yeah i think i think also yeah it's just like no window you don't have like a sense of time it's just like what is happening Mm -hmm. and then you like zoom out a little too far and you're like wow i'm an adult like playing make-believe in a room that i paid to like do like it's just like you don't want to think about it too much because you start to be like what the fuck is this (laughs) you have a little existential crisis (laughs) yeah exactly uh yeah so uh uh i i i like the rooms because it I all like like I think just going like, the biggest thing about practices I think is just like that trust and being in someone's home and like just hanging out having snacks and and you know once practice is over you're still hanging out there like there is that's probably why I like practices so much because it's just it's like a hang and yeah instead of playing board games we're playing improv you know I totally agree and I think yeah I definitely think like living room the living room of it all like brings people closer and that's like what I that's my mo in practice um yeah so that has been our topic of the week we're gonna go wrap it up one last segment this is gonna be our hot improv takes are you familiar with this segment um i saw it in the email okay great (laughs) well this is pretty much just a uh a rant on an improv uh trend that we're seeing something we we want to see more of see less of or we like and we want it to stay exactly the same mm-hmm. uh, and we just do it rant style we always start off with like you know i love or i hate uh and we talk about something in improv would you okay, want cool. me to go first yeah you go first I'd okay love to see hot improv take uh don't make your own sound effects sound effects are great i love sound effects it barely adds texture to the scene but let your scene partners and or let your team in the back line do it it's so much cleaner if people in the back line do it and if you're in the back line and you see someone doing sound effects for themselves like that's your cue pick it up uh same thing goes with like scene painting do not do your own scene painting you know where you're like 
uh, uh, you walk into a scene. We see that I'm wearing a suit. Let other people do that for you. It's much cleaner. Once you're in the scene, you're in the scene. Let the let the ninjas in the back line take care of it. Uh, uh, and just trust yourself. Trust yourself. If you walk in, people know that you're dressed in a nice suit by the way you carry yourself. Trust yourself that if you do the space work to open a, a door or to pour coffee, you don't have to be like, People, people know that the cup is being filled with coffee. Trust yourself and trust your scene partners. That's my hot improv take. What do you think about that? I fucking love that take. Because also it's like if someone's making a sound effect, it, it just gets called out as like, why are you making that sound effect with your mouth? Which gets and a I, laugh. Which gets a laugh. And I think it should because <laughs> it's like you're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind but, of like, I'm super into, yeah. But that is also that thing where like when they call it out and and you know, I don't blame anybody for calling it out. Like yeah. you kind of almost have to because it's such a absurd thing. But then it kind of it kind of does like break apart the scene where it's like yeah. now we don't trust each other. Now we don't know what's real. And now you know you're supposed to be the you're, you're supposed to be you know uh, uh, Bill Gates. But now because you did your own sound effects and I just made fun of you, now that's the game. The game yeah. is Bill Gates makes his own sound effects. Yeah, 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 yeah. So hundred percent. We've seen those scenes. And I like love them, lot. but they, yeah. oh, and you know what? I guess it's fine in a montage because you just edit it. Yeah. But man, in the Herald, yeah. that'd be tough. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think that uh, the reason, like, I don't, when I'm on the back line, like, I like what you were saying. It's like the back line should be doing it. Cause like, and I need to remember that. Cause when I'm on the back line, I am not like, what sound effect do they need? But if I was thinking that more, I think I would be more likely to like also expect the backline to do that. You know what I mean? Time for your hot improv take. Oh, okay, okay. My hot improv take is I love transaction scenes. Oh. I think it is so, you're not supposed to do them. They're like the worst thing ever, but some of the most like awkward and bizarre and strange interactions I've had with people is at during a transaction. And as someone who like, I've worked at a pet store before and like, I have had so many long conversations that I'm like, this is a fucking game, but it wouldn't be allowed to be a game by so many coaches and teachers standards because you're not allowed to do improvs. Uh, you're not allowed to do transaction scenes, but I think that they're, they should be fine because you really do extend like you do have to keep talking a lot longer than you think and i think that a lot of people think like you can't do a transaction scene because it's going to end really quickly but usually they last like two minutes in real life anyway so why can't they be in an improv scene um and also i think that it's a great way to show an unusual behavior and then just tag away from it uh and i just don't think people should be scared of transaction scenes i i agree with you as well uh, I, I wonder why that's always such a hard rule because some of the best sketches are transaction scenes, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think, well, I think it's the stuff that maybe, maybe people can't, don't know how to deal with. Like, uh, there's status, there is like wanting to be there, right? It's like, Hey, I, I want, I want this parrot poop. We don't sell parrot poop. Okay. Bye. Yeah. But it's like, well, how do you continue to keep this going? I think it's like also the thing like i have been in a lot of bad transaction scenes mm -hmm. like don't get me wrong that's they can go horribly but so can every scene i've been in a lot of bad date scenes and i've been in a lot, like do you know what i mean and uh i think like someone was saying uh the other day i did a transaction scene with um katie o'hearn and 
we were talking about it after and she was like talking about like oh well i thought maybe we would be um i would be a regular customer and then i was like fuck that's so smart like that could be that's like the best way to make a transaction scene like an easy scene to like have like stakes to it is like what it could be a transaction scene where you actually still know each other you know what i mean what do you mean by a regular customer? Like, oh, like you're a regular, like you're a, yeah. I keep coming over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it. at a coffee shop or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, you could be a regular there. And then it like solves the problem of like, yeah. you know, because so many times it's like transaction scenes are just strangers where you say like, you know, stop, that's inappropriate. And then like, you kind of have to stop. Yeah. Because, you know. I think it just, it's like, I, I, because I, I, I agree with that. I think that's always like a good thing for people that, uh, um, are new to it, but like I used to work retail and you said you uh, used to work at a pet shop. So like, we're comfortable, like we know how to navigate that. So like, they always say like, it's tough because there's a type power, power dynamic and now you can't call it out. I'm like, I know how to call it out in a professional way. Yeah, I know how to like do this in a professional way. So I think it's like, if, if, you, if you know that world, if you know the world of transactions, you know, you kind of, you know how to navigate it. But if, if there's yeah. some people that have never worked at the store before, I think that's what's tough because you put them in a, like, hey, you're a bartender, but then they're like, they're rude to you or they are like, you know, yeah. oblivious. Like, oh, that is really, that is tough. Yeah. But then again, it's like every scene that there's at a restaurant, the waiter comes in and there's inevitably a like game move with the waiter. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, why can't that be true in other transaction scenes? True. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why can't I be at the grocery store and check out and have it be a game move? Um, it just feels like it's very, it's, it's very like, don't do this. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I like it. I think that some of you should try it. Maybe that's a thing people like, because it's been a rule for so long, mm -hmm. or even like from like, from like, you know, one-on-one, if we didn't give people that rule, people would do it more. And if they do it more, they'll get better yeah. at it. Yeah. But I love a good transaction scene. I do too. And, um, yeah, I totally agree. Like when working in like retail and stuff, it's like, you can call people out on unusual behavior. Yeah. Like you just do it in a, yeah. Oh, masked way. You wanted to get parrot poop. Yeah. Okay. Can't say I've seen a customer, you know, do that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Let me go see if we have it in the back. Exactly. You know, or whatever. Or like, yeah, like, yeah. It's even like kind of passive aggressive a little bit. Like, you seem like you're having a tough day. Like, why are you freaking out at me? I'm just yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. I think that's something that's, uh, uh, you do very well. Like just, like, I, I think like you mentioned, like you want to just be yourself on stage. You want to show your essence, you know? Yeah. And that's something that, you know, uh, if you can do in a transaction is the best thing to do, you know? That's exactly how you would let other people know that like, hey, this is messed up. Uh, yeah. And that, that brings the audience in. That, that's something that would make me put my phone down. That's something that's like, oh, this is real. This is a real moment. This is someone being present. So yeah. I need to be present for it. Yeah. 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 All right. Great. Well, uh, great improv take. Thanks so much. Thanks. Um, so, uh, last part, all we have to do is have you plug away any of your shows or your socials or anything like that. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, you can follow me at on a Butzoller, um, on Instagram and I always post about shows and I have a two-prof show every second and fourth Wednesday at the clubhouse at 8 p.m. Um, and Shag is playing uh, for the next three months at the uh, at UCB. Um, and just follow Shag's 
uh, Instagram account to find out when those are. All right. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, thanks so much for stopping by and uh, uh, coming to do long form conversations, chatting about practices and performances. Cool. Thanks All for right. having me. Bye, everybody.